Kaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Kopijana Balaba Grivanadari Kopijana Balaba Grivanadari Yasoda Nanana Brada Janarandana Yasoda Nanana Brada Janarandana Yamuna Tihavanachariya Yamuna Tihavanachariya Jaya Radha Madhava Kundhaviyariya Jaya Radha Madhava Kundhaviyariya Kopidana Balaba Kribanadari Kopidana Balaba Kribanadari Yasoda Nanana Brada Janarandana Yasoda Nanana Brada Janarandana Vishnupad, Brahmahang, Subhravadakasharya, Siddhara, Siddhushi, Sriman, His Divine Grace, Lacey, Bhaktivedanta, Swamiraj, Srila Prabhupada, Kijai, Gaur Premanande, Harival, Glorious to the Sound Devotees, All Glorious to Sri Guru and Sri Garanga, Mong Vishnu Vraya, Krishna Prasai Bhutai, Sri Mati, Bhaktivedanta, Swamitanamane, Namaste, Sarasatundeve, Gauravani Vicharane, Nirvishesha Shinivadi Paskatyade Siddharna. 
Omagana Timurandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chaksur Militam Yena Tazmai Shi Guruvena Maha Shi Chaitanya Mirobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Swapadanti Kam Vandeham Shigaro Shiyuta Parakamalam Shigarum Vaishnavam Cha Shri Rupam Sagurjatam Sahagana Raghunatham Vitam Tam Sajivam Sarvaitam Savadutam Vrijana Saitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shiva Sakans Vitam Cha He Krishna Karna Sindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchena Gorangi Radhe Brindavaneshri Prishubhanu Siddha Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakapa Truvyasya Kripa Sindhu Vyevacha Patitanam Bhavanevyo Vaishnavevyo Namon Maha Shri Krishna Chaitanya Pranitananda Chaitwaiti Gadadhar Shivasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Onamo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Onamo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Onamo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Srimad Bhagavatam, Chapter 4, The Appearance of Sri Narada, Text Number 1. Vyasuvacha iti bruvanam samstutya muninam durga satrinam ridakulapati sutam bhavritsha shonako bravit. And hearing Sutta Goswami speak thus, Shonakamuni, who was the elderly learned leader, of all the rishis engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, congratulated Sutta Goswami by addressing him as follows. Please repeat, on hearing Sutta Goswami speak thus, Shonakamuni, who was the elderly learned leader of all the rishis engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, Congratulated Sutta Goswami by addressing him as follows. Report. In a meeting, meeting of learned men, when there are congratulations or addresses for the speaker, the qualifications of the congratulator should be as follows. He must be the leader of the house and an elderly man. He must be vastly learned also. Sri Sonakarishi had all these qualifications. Thus he stood up to congratulate Sri Sutta Goswami when he expressed his desire to present Srimad Bhagavatam exactly as he heard it from Shukadeva Goswami and also realized it personally. Personal realization does not mean that one should, out of vanity, 
attempt to show one's own learning by trying to surpass the previous acharya. He must have full confidence in the previous acharya. At the same time, he must realize the subject matter so nicely that he can present the matter for the particular circumstances in a suitable manner. The original purpose of the text must be maintained. No obscure meaning should be screwed out of it, and yet it should be presented in an interesting manner for the understanding of the audience. This is called realization. The leader of the assembly, Shonaka, could estimate the value of the speaker, Sri Sutta Goswami, simply by his uttering, Yatadhitam Yatamati, and therefore he is very glad to congratulate him in ecstasy. No learned man should be willing to hear a person who does not represent the original Acharya. So the speaker and the audience were bona fide in this meeting where Srimad Bhagavatam was being recited for the second time. This should be the standard recitation of Bhagavatam so that the real purpose can be served without difficulty. Unless a situation is created, Bhagavatam recitation for extraneous purposes is useless labor for the speaker and for the audience. Shri Vyasuvacha iti bruvanam samstutya muninam durga samshatminam vrida kulapati sutam va vritsha shonako bravet. On hearing Sutta Goswami speak thus, Sonakamuni was the elderly, learned leader of all the rishis engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, congratulated Sutta Goswami by addressing him as follows. Mahom Vishnu Vraya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Sri Mate Bhaktivedanta Swami Tanamane Namaste Saraswatum Deve Gauravani Bracharane Nirvishesha Srinivadi Paschatyade Siddharane So what were the three qualifications that the, uh, the speaker should have? Of the, what are the qualifications of the congratulator should have? Elderly and? What's that? Yes, that's one of them. He should be vastly learned. He should be elderly. And what's the third one? What's that? I can't hear you. Well, that's, uh, that was explained later on. That's the reciter should represent the previous charis. But what about the congratulator? What's that? He should be the leader of the assembly. Not that anyone pops up and says, hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> and here it says that this, those who are reciting should be representatives of the previous acharya, so that one is confident that the audience have come to hear something about Krishna and that the speaker will say something about Krishna, because Krishna is supposed to be the center. In the Chaturshloki verses of the Bhagavatam, Krishna says, Aham sarvasa pravo matak sarvam pravartite iti matva bhajante mam buddha bhava samanvitaha that I am the source of all material and spiritual worlds, for me the entire creation flows. 
wives who know this perfectly engage in my devotional service and worship me with bhava, with all their hearts. So the idea of Krishna consciousness is to obtain bhava or feeling for Krishna. Material existence means lack of bhava or feeling for Krishna, and spiritual existence means some feeling for Krishna, some bhava. And there's a process to obtain bhava. Rupa Goswami defines that the purpose of sadhana bhakti or sadhana is to get sadhya, namely perfection, and that sadhya is bhava or feeling for Krishna. If one has feeling for Krishna, devotional feeling for Krishna, then that's, he has achieved the purpose of what, everything that we're doing. Therefore, the subject matter should be about how to obtain bhava or feeling for Krishna. That's what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita in the next verse. Much shita, much kata prana, odiyantash parashparam, katayantasvam nityam tushanti cha, ramanti cha. That the thoughts of my pure devotees, they dwell in me, their lives are surrendered to me, and they derive great satisfaction and bliss by enlightening one another and conversing about them. In other words, much chita, chita means consciousness. And matkata, prana, and according to our consciousness, we engage the energies, our desires are flowing to engage the energies of the prana in some kind of activity. And that activity, if we're hearing from the right source and we have the right attitude, should be to engage it in the service of Krishna. Matchita, matkata, prana, bodhiantash, parashparam. So there's an exchange, bodhiantash, parashparam. Uh, someone is listening, someone is speaking. Uh, these are the loving exchanges that, one of, two of the loving exchanges that Sri Rupa Goswami explains in the Nectar of Instruction. That we're hearing realizations, not just about what to do, but also how to feel and think, how to think, feel, and will. So that's called chitak, how to mold our consciousness so we're thinking correctly, we're understanding things correctly. We're feeling correctly, ultimately. Thinking, feeling, and willing. And therefore, willing correctly with our energy. Parashparam, gatayan tasram nityam. And what's the result? Hearing properly, we should either become encouraged to shanti, or we should actually feel transcendental pleasure. Ramanti. To shanti comes about that we see a path towards perfection, and therefore we, we become convinced, if I follow the path, I'll meet Krishna, and I'll develop love for him. If someone has some other purpose, then they won't be very much encouraged by the Bhagavatam. Because that is, or they'll misunderstand the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is nigama kalpatara galitam palam sukamukha dravya samyutam. It is uh, nigama kalpatara it can award benedictions for anyone who approaches the Bhagavatam, not necessarily to obtain consciousness of Krishna or develop bhava for Krishna, but even to obtain other fruits. In the Bhagavatam, there's so many examples. If you 
read this chapter, then you'll, con- kill or, you'll conquer all your enemies, you'll become wealthy, some apsara will come and marry you. <laughs> there are so many allurements to hear in the Bhagavatam because generally speaking, the conditioned soul is really not that much interested in Krishna, per se. Because Krishna is not so easy to become aware of. And therefore, although we hear that Krishna is God, he's the source of everything, uh, still, to actually uh, to realize that is not so simple. Naham prakasha sarvasha yogamaya samavrita. Krishna keeps himself covered by his yogamaya. And so we really have to show some sincerity. And therefore, the devotees, as much as we're sincere, as much as we realize, then we try to explain it to others to help them become more sincere and realized. More understanding of the value of becoming conscious of Krishna above any other value. Because everyone has value. As it says in the Bhagavatam, there is no other greater cause of fall down away from Krishna consciousness than to think that somebody else is more important than Krishna. So we have so many priorities, we have so many things that we find important, uh, and Krishna may not always be on the top, either consciously or usually unconsciously. We're unaware of what our priorities are. Basically, the conditioned soul, his first priority is to satisfy his senses. Second priority to satisfy his mind, and third priorities to prove whatever he said was correct. And then everything else he's doing is correct. And then after that, maybe becoming conscious of Krishna, if everything else goes all right. So, by hearing from the self-realized, at least souls who are more self-realized than we are, then we should become animated to follow the process. And what is the process? It is a very difficult process, full of complications, and no one could really understand it because it's so esoteric that even Vyasadeva, after 18,000 verses, was rather confused himself. That was actually quite simple. Tesham sadatam yuktanam vajantam pritipurvagam. Somehow or another, keep engaged in authorized devotional service with an attitude of enthusiasm. And if the enthusiasm is not apparent, at least with care, that's a manifestation of enthusiasm, care, and consistency, attention. And hopefully that will develop into things like enthusiasm, ecstasy, pretty affection, so many different levels of care, all the way up to prema. So to engage in devotional service, authorized devotional service, with these two elements, consistency, steadiness, as Prabhupada writes, uh, the most important injunction, practically speaking, of nectar of devotion, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, chant 16 rounds every day. That one should keep his vow, at least if one cannot chant, you know, one lakh of, of the holy names a day at least, um, reduce it to a, a doable number, but keep that vow every day. Otherwise, one becomes 
negligent. So that's called steadiness. And also some enthusiasm, not that it's time to go to the temple, Mangalarati, I should be asleep, this is really too much tapasya for me. If it wasn't for these deities in the temple, I could actually become more enthusiastic and, and restful. I'd actually have a better day, but because I feel guilty about not going to the program, therefore these deities are making me feel miserable. So such an attitude will not encourage our development of Krishna consciousness. One should see it as a great opportunity, as a great gift, great mercy that one has that ability even to go to the temple. And what to speak of the fact that Krishna is there and dressed so nicely and taken care of to enthusiasts to actually do something for him so that Krishna can be kindly reveal himself to us. Therefore, the Dhami Buddha Yogam time, Krishna wants to give us intelligence. It's not that Krishna says, well, I'm the most intelligent. If I give away my intelligence, then I'll have so many competitors. So keep everyone stupid, and that way I'll always be the supreme. <laughs> Krishna wants us to become intelligent. He wants us to become spiritually intelligent. And therefore, he, But there's a qualification. We have to engage in uninterrupted, unalloyed service to him, Otherwise, we, he gives us spiritual intelligence, and we realize Krishna is God, we'll be very disappointed. If we're working for some other reason to become God ourselves, and then Krishna reveals that he's God, how depressed we're going to be. That this is unfair, I can't compete against Krishna, he has, he has, he has all the angles covered forever, and I'm just wasting my time here. I've been trying so hard since time immemorial, and now I've found out I've been wasting my time. This guy's a rascal. Somehow or another, we've got to get rid of him. He has all his bases covered all the time, and he must be quite proud of it. That's why he's always smiling. Everyone else is suffering, and he's smiling. There must be something psychologically wrong with this man. <laughs> So Krishna can only actually reveal real knowledge to us if we become qualified to hear it. But when we do become qualified, even a little qualified, then Krishna starts giving us real knowledge, real intelligence, by which we can actually make progress in becoming Krishna conscious. And when he sees we're willing to accept sincerely the knowledge and even tolerate our own misconceptions, our own inconveniences in order to follow that knowledge, Pintesham, Eva, Nukampartam, Ahama, Jnana, Jamta, Maha, Nashamyam, Yatmabhavashto, Jnana, Deepena, Bhashvata. Then Krishna becomes compassionate to us. Our qualification is not that we become so great that even Krishna has to reveal himself to us. No, that we become so sincere, we tolerate so much inconvenience, we try so hard to please Krishna and his devotees, then Krishna sees we're sincere and becomes compassionate. And then puts, he reveals himself when we become ecstatic, and in that ecstasy, our, all our misgivings are burnt away, all our misconceptions and misgivings 
are burnt away by Krishna's presence. Krishna, Surya, Sama, Maya, Haya, Andhakar. Just like when Krishna reveals himself, then all the darkness of ignorance goes away. And if Krishna doesn't reveal himself, we can try to sweep away the darkness, but it won't go away. We may throw, you know, Ajax cleaner on the darkness and try and rub it away, but it'll never go away. Only when Krishna becomes compassionate to us and reveals himself, then we'll actually become conscious of him. We cannot force the sun to come up in the morning, but when the sun of its own will comes up, then we can see the sun and ourselves and everything else in the daytime. Therefore, Sonika Rishi was quite happy because Sutta Goswami had the qualifications. He was going to present what he had heard from Shukadeva Goswami in a way which was acceptable, uh, appropriate for the audience, and according to his own personal realization. Not that he decided that in order to keep the audience awake, he was going to present some kind of, something which was more interesting to the audience than this dull Krishna consciousness that puts everyone to sleep. And that he would present it in such a way that even Krishna couldn't understand what he was talking about. So that everyone would understand how learned he was. And he'd talk about it, not his own realizations in Krishna consciousness. He'd talk about you know, how he felt that day just to get the sympathy of the audience. No, he was actually interested in repeating what he had heard from Shukadeva Goswami in a way that was relevant to the audience and according to his own, what he could understand, what he had realized from hearing with rapt attention and the presentation that he was present at. Not that he was putting forward that I see the truth, you're all blind, I know everything, only I can save you, surrender to me, or else you're finished. He understood that. My realizations, I'll try to make them relevant to the audience, but I'm not. The end of the process is not just my realizations. The Bhagavatam will go on forever, because that's the nature of the Bhagavatam. There's always new and fresh realizations, but it's all of the same subject matter, And it's all ultimately coming from Krishna's, the realizations that Krishna is giving us. Not that we're making it all up and that Krishna has to go along. No, Krishna is giving the devotees ever fresh realizations of his beauty and his opulences. And the devotees are realizing not only Krishna's beauty, but everyone else's beauty and opulences. And that way, understanding, finding things more and more beautiful and giving the devotees more and more appreciation for how wonderful Krishna and his devotees are. That's called realization. Not that one day you wake up and you realize, actually Krishna is not God. Or maybe he's not God. Or Radharani is actually God in Krishna, in one sense. Or actually Shiva is God. Now I've really gotten so much realization, I've realized that actually the whole Bhagavatam is off and wrong. No, the realization will always be about, in Krishna consciousness, the realizations will always be about how wonderful Krishna is, how merciful Krishna is, how wonderful Krishna's devotees are, how merciful they are. Uh, those realizations will give one more and more enthusiasm to 
render more and more service. When the devotees serve Krishna and his devotees, then the bliss that they experience from their, the happiness of the devotee's satisfaction and Krishna's satisfaction is sufficient to make one inspired to render more and more service. That one realizes that the source of my happiness, my happiness depends upon Krishna's happiness and Krishna's devotee's happiness. Just as Krishna understands that the increase of his happiness depends upon his devotee's happiness. So that will be a very nice exchange. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions, comments? Thank you, Maharaj. Um, so you, you started this lecture. I had a couple of questions. I'll start with one. Um, this whole qualification of being a leader of the assembly, um, what, what, does that, what does that even mean? I mean, in terms of representing an entire assembly of sages, what qualifications are needed to represent everyone properly? And it's a whole bunch of sages out there. Um, well, you want to choose someone who's not that, you know, some devotee just stands up and says, Hi, Sukadeva Goswami, glad you came. We'd like a seat, any water? Prashadam's at 5 o'clock, he'd like to come. Now, the gravity of the situation is such that the most qualified person who would most likely represent the community should greet them, the person, as it says here, in ecstasy. That's encouraging to the speaker. Not that, sorry, Sutta Goswami, you know, you weren't really scheduled to speak. Maybe you can come back tomorrow. We'll have a vote who we want to speak at this assembly. Wouldn't be very encouraging to Sutta Goswami. I just traveled from Naimisharanya here. I just traveled from the Vrindavan to come here. Krishna inspired me. I came here. And no one could really figure out whether they wanted me to speak at all. Or the only one who wants me to speak is you know, three of the new people who just came happened to wander in from the forest. We don't know who they are, but they thought maybe Sutta Goswami could say some funny jokes and keep them alive by st- with some, enlivened by some stories. In the Veda culture, there was always recognized certain qualifications for personalities, such as being elderly, being vastly learned in the scripture. And what was the third one? The leader, yeah. So, obviously, even before Sutta Goswami came, Shona Karishi was noted to be the leader of the assembly. Someone was leading the sacrifices for a thousand years. So there has to be some qualification. Just like to be, if you wanted to get a job in the Veda culture, you had to have qualifications. You just didn't show up and hope you got your job. There were actually Varnas, and there are even ashrams. And some brahmachari didn't decide one day, I, I think I'll take sannyas tomorrow. <laughs> Convince someone. They had, to have some, they had to have some qualifications. Fearlessness, purification of one's existence, cultivation of spiritual knowledge. These are quali- and they had to have all the preliminary qualifications, such as ability to, to follow austerities and ability... And willingness to perform sacrifice, to give char- to be charitable, and to uh, 
dana, dhamma, and sense and, and control their mind and senses. And they must have already studied swadhyaya. They must have knowledge about self-realization, about their identity as a soul. So those are preliminary qualifications. If one doesn't have them, then one has to work according to one's qualification. Not that everyone feels, oh, I'm qualified. No one's, I, I don't have to listen to anyone. I don't have to follow anyone. I don't need any approval to do anything. I just need my false ego to tell me what to do, and I follow it. Any, is that anything else? Any other questions? Comments? Um, Maharaj, you mentioned uh, that uh, in our conditioned state, we are at the level of the senses. We are following the dictates of the senses, then of the mind, and then we are at the point where we think that we are correct. Um, That's intelligence. And then okay. That our ideas are correct. That's the false ego. And that's, I think, I mean, where I stand, I think that's the most difficult to reconcile with is to, because the, the other side of it is to actually say, okay, you're not correct. So then how does one make, how does one perform any service? I mean, when you're performing service. The other service, side is not to think that we're not correct. Is it to be a little aware of the fact that we're not, we don't perfectly know everything. And therefore to live to be, well, to learn. We, follow, we do the best we can through humble research. We try to understand things as perfectly as we can. And when we've come to some conviction based upon Guru Sadhu and Shastra, we work in order to get realizations. In order, in order to get Krishna's mercy, so he reveals himself to us. But until Krishna actually fully reveals himself to us, then how, how do we think that whatever we're doing is perfect? If it was perfect, Krishna would be revealing himself to us. Now Krishna may partially reveal himself to us, that's what we're hoping for, so then we know we're doing something partially right. It's not a question of completely right or no right, you know, or completely wrong. It's a question we're trying to be partially correct in our attitude and activities, enough to invoke Krishna's mercy so that Krishna partially reveals himself when we make progress in devotional service in Krishna consciousness. But to think now Krishna is, you know, I'm in ecstasy for five minutes, I've realized everything, everyone should surrender to me because I'm fully, you know, I've realized everything. Now, even when Krishna fully reveals himself to the devotee, then the devotee becomes even more humble. Because he, he sees how much he's dependent on Krishna. And Krishna's devotees, too. Anything else? Yes. So you mentioned that our goal is to obtain this loving feeling for Krishna Baba, right? Is, yes. Yeah. So, um, but I was wondering, um, uh, what about like the regulations and the like chanting, um, is, 
when we reach that stage, are those still important, or is there one that's more important than the other, or are they both the same? Or like, because it, it seems like the the chanting and the regulations are like kind of prerequisites, right? Yeah. For, okay. Well, it's not that at the stage of perfection, one doesn't give up chanting. Even Krishna and Radharani chant sometimes. So it's not that we give up the process, because Krishna and Krishna's name are non-different. Shmadurarani and her name are non-different. So we don't give them up at the time of perfection. That's impersonalism. Actually, we become more deeply involved in them, in their names, foreign qualities, and pastimes. So that goes on. As far as exactly which aspects of the rules and regulations we follow, that may be modified. For instance, when you're learning to walk, you know, your parents have to watch you so you don't fall over a cliff or you don't break, you fall into, into the swimming pool or something. So you may have to be guided by your parents so you don't get yourself into trouble. But when you grow up, when you're walking around, generally your parents don't keep an eye on you so much, worrying that you might fall into the swimming pool or fall over a cliff. They expect that you have enough intelligence that you won't get yourself into trouble. So when we're spontaneously remembering Krishna with devotional love, then Krishna will guide us so that we won't get ourselves into any kind of material difficulty. So we don't need all the rules and regulations. But they, basically speaking, most of them are, that are necessary spontaneously follow. Anything else? Yes. You mentioned that um, a sincere person will be encouraged by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. I wonder if you could speak a little bit more about how we develop that encouragement I find sometimes um, when speaking philosophy to people that they don't appreciate it for whatever reason. So, how 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 to develop that encourage like that feeling of being encouraged? Well, if one wants to de- develop it, we come and we hear. Now, the problem in, in Kali Yuga is we're we're hearing so many things. And therefore, our minds are full of so many ideas. <clears throat> and therefore, a lot of times when we're trying to hear, we can't really hear because we're hearing our own mind more than we're hearing the speaker or even what the Bhagavatam said. So we should keep on hearing and hearing and hearing until we actually hear. For instance, Nigama Kalpatura Kalitam Balam. Now we can hear that Sanskrit. may not make any difference to us, but we should find out what it means. Nigama, Kalpa, Tura, Galitam, Balam. So these Vedic literature are the ripened fruit of this Srimad Bhagavatam is the ripened fruit of all the Vedic knowledge. So we can keep on hearing and hearing until we actually hear it and realize that all the Vedas are contained within this book. And that is like a desire tree. We can get whatever we want from it, but if we want rasa, and we want rasa with Krishna, we can also get that. That's what we're interested in. So we keep on hearing 
and then we keep on hearing, then gradually we'll actually hear what it's actually saying. That's why we can repeat it again and again. That was, that's one of the ideas why we recite the verse again and again, so that it sinks in. It's not supposed to be just a mechanical process of, you know, before we can take prasadam, we've got to recite the Bhagavatam, and we, mechanically we go through the, the Sanskrit because it's a ritual that our, our acharya has established, and whether we were singing Mary Had a Little Lamb when we were reciting the Bhagavatam, it has about the same effect on my heart, except that I'm a little bit more attached to Mary Had a Little Lamb because <laughs> it's a little bit more, you know, I have fond memories of that little lamb I had. No, we keep on repeating, and then until we actually it becomes, remember it, and then it should become meaningful to our lives. Krishna wasn't speaking in the Bhagavad or Sutta Goswami, it was not speaking to the sages of Namasharanya or Shukadeva Goswami to Priksha Maharaj, and poor us are here 5,000 years later, you know, about hearing some sages assembling around a, a fire, hearing the Bhagavatam, it has no meaning, I've got to get to work. What has this got to do with me? I don't even know how to light a fire. I just turn on the gas and everything happens. No, we should see how it's actually being meaning to us in our present existence, right here and now. How Sutta Goswami or Shukadeva Goswami or Maitreya Rishi or Prabhupada is directly speaking to us. What meaning to, to us does it have? And that we should be able to see it, what they're talking about. So then it has some meaning because we can't see it, can't understand it, we can't apply it. And if we really want to realize it, then we have to see it in such a way as we can apply it with, full con- with conviction. And then, that, then we have to know, understand what is the field of activities that's being talked about. If we're interested in you know, how to choose a good sports car that I want to buy, the Bhagavatam is not going to be very helpful. If we want to find out how to love Krishna and his devotees, that's what the whole Bhagavatam is about. It's only about Krishna and his devotees. So our field of activities has to be Krishna and his devotees. And helping others become devotees, too, because that's also in the Bhagavatam, and defeating the atheists. So that's the whole field of the Bhagavatam. So we have to be interested in applying whatever we've learned in our association with other devotees and in helping the innocent. Then if we try to make some improvement like that, then Krishna will give us intelligence how to engage our energies in that field of activities, to expand our love for Krishna, our relation with the devotees, are helping the innocent and are defeating the, uh, the envious of Krishna or avoiding them. Then the result of that should be that we remember we see Krishna everywhere all the time. We see everyone and everything in relation to Krishna and therefore we're always in a, Krishna reveals himself and we're always in his association. We develop static love for Krishna and all the good qualities of the devotee which attract others to become Krishna conscious that without developing the good qualities of devotee, we have really little to offer to people. Now we may offer people like in certain parts of the world they have less money and they're interested in, in money, so we may attract them, come and join our movement because they get more material resources in our movement than they get outside our movement. 
But that sort of attraction will not help them advance in actual Krishna consciousness. The real attraction will be when the devotees display the good qualities of the devotees and we inspire others to follow the process to acquire those good qualities and ultimately become factually conscious of Krishna. Develop character that attracts Krishna and everyone else. So I'll stop there. Thank you very much. Grantaraj Shimad Bhagavatam Kijai. Shila Prabhupada Kijai. Kor Premanande. Yeah, yeah.